is the magnet Johnny Mullins. He's the latest guest on the Behind the Badge podcast. Johnny, thank you for joining us. Uh, how, how are things? Good. Yeah, yeah. Can't complain. In the in the real world now, so um, you know, kicking kicking a bag of air around uh, is seems like a distant memory, but uh, no, doing okay. Uh, piling on the pounds, but uh, try, trying to keep them off as much as I can. Take us back to to when you first joined United, and obviously the first time you came was on loan. Um, but a bit before that, I mean, I, I I seem to recall maybe that you 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 were a, a youngster at Arsenal, and you were also at Reading as well. Yeah, so yeah, obviously Arsenal when I was Gordon Bennett, that that is some years ago. Then I popped over to Chelsea, and then um, I did my apprenticeship or, or scholarship per se at Reading. Um, Really, had some really good coaches. Brendan Rodgers was was my coach, gave me a really good sort of uh, upbringing. It was a, as much as the coaching side of it. Brendan was was very personal and and you know was really good with that and made you feel a million dollars. Another coach I had uh, was was um, Eamon Dolan, who, who sadly passed away. But um, both both coaches were, were, were really important to my development, not only as a as a player but as a person. Um, so they, they, you know, put me in good stead. Um, unfortunately, I didn't make the first team in Reading, but I went out on loan to Kidderminster Harriers, which uh, at the time was a was it was an eye opener. Was a, was a real uh, a different from what I'd come from, but but a, a challenge that I I really sort of got my teeth into. Um, had a, two sort of loan spells there, um, and funnily enough, this is where I live now. Uh, met my wife, and you know what, the, the wife of the bosses, aren't they? So um, she said we're living here, and I said okay. Uh, and then on to Mansfield with with another couple of good years, which again was was a different experience. Um, I was a marauding right back back then, so I know looking at me at Oxford, I was I was anything but a marauding right back. Um, but and then on to Rotherham with uh, you know I obviously had Ronnie Moore who signed me, who was a, who was a, who was a good manager, but sort of the team that we had at the time didn't quite maximise its potential. Uh, then Andy Scott come in, who, who, who sort of I think excelled me with not coaching per se I would say it was more the confidence that I was given uh to really express myself and, and I really flourished it in the in the centre half position and then my good friend uh well I do say it tongue-in-cheek but he, he wasn't as bad uh Steve Evans coming to Rotherham um and I was captain when he came in and I was sort of made surplus to requirements uh come on loan to Oxford uh, was doing great then he called me back uh then made me captain again. We went on to win promotion. So it was a, it was a very strange relationship we had. Uh, and then the evolution of that was I went on a pre-season tour and he told me he no longer wanted me. But thankfully, Chris and, and Oxford uh, put a bid in it and I was able to come, uh, you know, permanently, which which is something that I wanted to do. Uh, I haven't had too many clubs, but I've had quite a few. But, you know, that's one that I've always felt, if you was to say, where was home for you as a football club? Uh and I'm not saying it because I'm on a podcast, I've said it before, it would be Oxford. It's just the whole feeling for me, the way that I was taken in, um, the people, the football club and the football and, and the success that we had uh, just felt like home. Um, so met some good people and, and, and yeah, that, that, that was the journey up until that point. must admit, uh, Johnny, uh, when we were signing Johnny Mullins from Rotherham, so let, let's think we've got uh, a player signing from the North 
Johnny Mullins, there was a couple of Mullins around at the time, I'm sure, that were more sort of you know, something like that. Johnny Mullins signs, first interview. Why, where's, where's this Where's this guy coming from? <laughs> yeah, it was just strange. And I think my, my football journey obviously started, obviously, born in, in Highbury. So I'm an Arsenal fan for my sins. Um, and then just sort of moved further and further up north, really. I, I couldn't have got any further away. But the problem I have now is I get Mick for my accent up here where I live because I'm a... A cockney as they say but then when i see my friends at home or, or family at home i get stick for the the birmingham twang that i have so um i need to try and find somewhere where the accent works but it, it doesn't but no yeah so uh i just moved further and further up north but thankfully i i, I got back down south uh well closer south than uh towards towards the end how did the uh the loan to oxford come about i believe at the time it was an emergency loan wasn't it yeah it was it was a real strange one james to be honest um i i wasn't playing at Oxford, at Rotherham um, or sort of on the bench I wasn't getting a look in and, and I hadn't really done anything wrong um, and I'm never really one to sort of jump ship I wanted to sort of you know do what I could do and, and try to push him but it became really evident that I wasn't in the plans at that time um, and uh, Alistair Lane was was the head of or the head of sports science at the time who, who, who was at Rotherham um, and obviously, I think Chris must have, have known me from before. And yeah, it was just an emergency loan. I got a call on a Thursday night. I said, want to take you on loan. I, I come up on the Friday. Um, I didn't, I don't, if I remember rightly, I didn't train and, and went straight into the, the Gillingham game, nil-nil, uh, where I got some plaudits for keeping a clean sheet. But in all honesty, it was Mr. Clark in goal that kept the clean sheet. It was absolutely very little to do with me. Um but from that day onwards, I'd sort of, you know, in at the deep end um, next to Jake, who I, who I built up a, a really good relationship with. But yeah, it come around extremely quickly. Um, but that's football. You have to be ready. You know, you, you train all week knowing that you're not going to play. And then all of a sudden I was in. Um, I did ache on the Sunday morning, but it's an ache I miss. I think um, your first goal uh, and where the sort of maybe the magnet nickname came from was away at Chesterfield. Um, I seem to remember. Yeah, I, I remember it very, very well. We were doing a Movember at the time. Me and my my dad and my cousins. Uh, so we'd been on the on the on the drink since about eight o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and um, you scored right in front of us. And I have a claim to fame from that game. I started ooh Johnny Mullins, and that okay. stuck. Yeah, it did. It did. And obviously, my yeah, my my, my children uh, used to sing it, and my, my nephew has a little laugh, and my wife, where she's taking the mick out of me, so. I'll, I'll let them know that I, I have actually spoken to another podcast today with the, uh, you know, the maker of that song. I can only thank you for it because, uh, you know, I, I never had a song before about me. And uh, it's, it's, it's never bad for people to be singing your uh, singing your name in, well, in if it's a positive way, which that one was. So, yeah, Magnet was a really strange one, to be honest. Um, Chris called it me once. Uh, when, when I come to Oxford with, with, with Nicky and Chris, um, when I said before about Andy Scott giving me the confidence to play, uh, Mickey and, and Chris made made me feel like sometimes I was eight foot tall. Uh, I was a centre-half that I had a knack for. I, I wasn't the biggest ever centre-half, so I, I was never going to score headers like Shay Dunkley did. You know, I, I didn't. I don't have that power. And But in and around the box, I had a, a deft touch, as they say. If uh, You know, I say that very, very loosely, but... I wasn't bad at that and, and they just made me feel really good. They set up set pieces for me to sort of, you know, it was not the norm. Um, 
So, yeah, and, and Chris once said the magnet, and then unfortunately for me, it was either me or someone else mentioned it in an interview. And then from there on, uh, I was the magnet man. And I think I went for a stage of being the repeller man because nothing come near me at all. <laughs> but, you know, it, it sort of stuck and uh, never a bad thing. But no, I always, there's, there wasn't much better feelings than, than scoring goals in football. So uh, to have them and, and score them, uh, you know, it's, they're special memories. I mean, my one at Wickham I liked at home, uh, I think we drew 2-2 didn't we really late and remember Dean Morgan for them it was uh, obviously a bit of a well obviously a derby and there was always slightly chirpy and well, they always are they always will be um, so I quite enjoyed that one would have been better if it had made it 3-2 but I, I quite enjoyed that one Yeah you got a couple of goals I think didn't you in that sort of loan spell in quite quick succession and like you say you seem to hit the ground running Chris Wilder was very complimentary about you and everything he said sort of in the press and it sounds like it was the same uh, sort of behind closed doors as well was your relationship with him sort of that good you know from the off was it that easy yeah no he said he, he really he sort of took to me um as I said I don't know if it was the start of a way of him you know getting me to a certain level as I said football football's a funny game you know there's a lot of mind games is probably the but you know there's a lot of psychology in it psychology in it and, and I think Chris was very good at that with me uh, as was Mickey um, you know I, I couldn't speak about Oxford without speaking about Mickey and, and what he did for me personally uh, when he was assistant when he was manager he's you know in his own right and just afterwards he's just a, a special man um, obviously I've in life people come and you know come and go which is an unfortunate thing but Mickey really touched me personally he, he, he just had a, a way about him um, so they just made me feel a million dollars to be really honest, and the relationship was quite good. Um, sometimes if I wasn't happy with Chris, I didn't have to say anything. Apparently my eyes and face would say it for me, which which was uh, something I've been told before, but we never really fell out. Um, there was opportunities maybe that we could have worked together afterwards, but obviously Chris went uh, a lot higher than I ever did. But um, he just had that way of getting people on side. Um, my only shame is that we didn't get promoted with, with Chris there because we certainly had... The opportunity to do it, I think. If I remember, one January we were we were well placed, and whatever happened happened. You know that happens in football. That would have been nice to be able to push on and, and finish that. But um, I'm sure the successes he's had, it's, it's not too bad. <laughs> From that, then, can I take it that when you were recalled by Rotherham, I think on a, a 24 hour re recall, if I, if I remember rightly, you might have been a bit sort of disappointed to go back. Very much so, to be honest. I mean, um, it's really strange. I, I, Remember at the time they hit all their centre centre halves were injured, uh, and Steve Evans just wouldn't call me back out of pure stubbornness. Uh, so I was sort of assumed it was going to happen. Uh, you know, it had to happen in in my mind that there was no one to play there. But then after sort of a week, ten days, where he was playing everyone, and you know, I think uh, you know the assistant manager might have got a game before me um, to to play. I thought I'd got away with it, to be frank, because uh, I wasn't playing, I wasn't needed. Um, but then I got called back. Um, he called me into his hotel room, which he made quite a big deal of at the time uh, that we had a, you know, a hug and kisses and, and made up, which I can say now it, it really wasn't that. Um, I wasn't particularly happy to be back there. I didn't think that it was best for my football at that time. Um, but he gave me assurances uh, that he, I was there, I was there to play, that, you know, we'd both made mistakes, both said things that we probably didn't mean Uh which is fair enough. It's water under the bridge. It happens in football. And then after a month or so, he, he as I said, he made me captain. Um, and then we went on to get promoted, which which was a, a very strange 
strange feeling. We we did it in a, in a way that you know we waited till the end and we went on an unbelievable run. Um, uh, so strange in it did but then I, I have to be honest I thought well, well I'm here now I've been made captain we've just been promoted to league one I'm, I'm ready to push on obviously as I said in football things change very quickly you know you, you fall out with people and, and but then you're back on side so I was into it and Oxford there, there was I had still had I think a year or two left on my, my contract at Rotherham there was there was nothing that I knew of of any of any interest Chris and Mickey had come to watch me at Accrington and We'd spoke after the game, you know, just as a general chat, and you know, uh, but there was no chat of me going back. There was nothing, um, and I went on the pre-season tour. Uh, I think we was in Largs in Scotland. It had to be Scotland with Steve. Uh, we had to go up there, uh, and I just got a call from my agent. Um, you know, there's a deal on the table. Um, I think it's going to be accepted, uh, and I said, "Right, well, okay." My, my my, I've always wanted to play as high as I possibly can. Um, it's 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 an ambition of mine, or it was an ambition. Um, and I said to Steve, listen, if you don't want me here, then then I'll go. You know, ideally, I would like to captain this seed into League One. That that would have been my... He said, no, I'm, I'm going another way. Um, and then as soon as, I, as soon as I heard that, I was like, right, I'm off. Sign me up. I think it was a, a week before the start of the season. I remember coming in. I think we played Birmingham. Uh, I remember the game for all of the wrong reasons. I remember there was a bad injury in the game. Uh, John Meads, I think it was. It was a, it was a, a bad injury. Um, so that was it. And then... I started that season with I think it was three goals in five games or something like that. It was just, it was, and I thought that was a season that we really was going to kick on personally um, up until January, as I said. So no, as soon as as soon as I was, I mean the, the deal, the offer that I was made was a three year deal, it was closer to home. So there were so many things that fitted for me, um, but ultimately I wasn't wanted at Rotherham and and I wasn't wanted at Oxford. So you can't ask for much more than that as a football player. You're wanted, you know, you're part of a of a group that. It has big ambitions, and then that was it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get back to League One. Was the main objective. <laughs> Before we um, do get into your second spell at Oxford, I did want to um, know if you recall a particularly uh, miserable night at the Kassam. Actually, when you were back at Rotherham, briefly, I, I remember it quite well. It was a four-nil home defeat for Oxford, and I think you managed to score. I think all goals were in the first half, and I, I guess that must have been during that great run at the end of the season. Yeah, that was just coming into it. It was a really, I mean, I've, I have, you know, you have so many memories in football and, and that was one that um, Steve used to play me right back, which again, wasn't my favourite position. Um, probably because there was too many quick wingers that could take the mick out of me. Um, but I think Alfie was playing left wing and, and that game and he scored Alfie early on, disallowed. Um, and to be quite honest, Al, Alfie's quicker than me, more agile. Uh, sort of, I wouldn't say he was giving me the run around, but he wasn't far off it. Um, so I was actually the side of the manager um, of Steve and, and, and Chris and he was on at me the whole game we, we were sort of arguing to and fro and, and I scored that goal and he said to me at half time blood and I said well I just pictured your head when I hit it and it come out flippantly I didn't you know I'm not a, I'm not a particularly aggressive person but he just used to get he used to, to get my blood boiling to be honest um, so I do remember the game I wasn't I, I don't Remember, I celebrated. Maybe I knew deep down I'd be back at Oxford. Um, it was a very strange game. I, I don't think it was ever a 4 0. Um, but, you know, Steve, Steve had a way. He used to get teams together um, like me. You know, he used to, he used to know how to, to uh, wind people up, get people going. So it's, you know, he's still in management now. So, you know, he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, and we did have a good side that year. 
but yeah, I remember I remember saying in that to him in his face. I don't think he was overly pleased with the comment, but um, <laughs> maybe that was one of the reasons I left. <laughs> I had a mate who's um, who's I think it was his uncle um, told him basically the match report from that game. It was literally goal after goal after goal after goal. I remember the four <laughs> that were scored literally within about ten minutes of each other. It's ridiculous. Um, so. Uh, You've come back to us permanently. I remember being away, I think, at the time when a message came through saying that that was done. Really, really happy as a supporter that 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 was the case. And you start in amazing fashion with that win at Portsmouth, the 4-1 victory, sorry, in front of ours. Pompey fans had their club back. There's a great scene there. And then we go and do them. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, no, that, that that was a great day. As I said, there's many days in football that you you remember for for good and bad reasons, but that was one. I mean, I remember we went one nil down. Uh, so obviously, remember thinking, "Oh Christ, you're up against it after a short period of time." And then, and then it just we may not have gone one. I just remember them. I, I, I think we did. I think we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, I remember me and Jake looking at each other, thinking, "Christ, this is you know <laughs> we, we're off here." But then Alfie and and, and the boys just. Turned and Dean just turned on the style and, and Dave up top. It was a great day, you know. It was really bouncing hot day. And remember, after that game, you, there are times in football where you look round and you look to your left, you look to your right, and you think, "Yeah, we got we got some players here. We've got a good side." Um, unfortunately for that side, we just didn't have a, a Kamar Roof, um, a George Bulldog at right back, and a lunchroom in the middle. Which, in my opinion, our league makes hell of a difference. That they're just that good. We had the, the you know the basis of a very good team, some very good players, but we just couldn't kick on. But yeah, it was it was a great day and one that I'll, I'll never forget. Uh, I remember it in the post as well, so I, I sort of always remember that one. You, you did have a Dave Kitson in your squad, though. Yeah, it was a great character, Dave. Um, you know, he, he, and a great football player. Um, I, I'd been with Kits when I was at Reading as a kid. Um, he, he, he did barely, you know, just about remember me. So uh, no, it was, uh, so I, I knew him. Great character, great. Ability, great quality, um, and and also a great person to for, for, for laugh and jokes. You know, he had some uh, had some stories, had some fun and games that he, that he used to get up to. But you know, he used to drop very deep and come in and get involved in the play. And you know, Kits was Kits, so that's 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 all I'll go for on that one. Like you say, you know, you started like a train as a team, and uh, pretty much until really uh, the, the final months of the season, you you're in that sort of. Well, top three really, as well as the top top seven of League Two. Um, it sounds like you felt like it was a promotion winning side, and it, it felt like at the time, from memory, there, there was a good mix of kind of experienced players, players who've kind of been around a bit and knew the league, and you know a few maybe younger sort of flyers. I guess was that the sense you got? Definitely, definitely, it, it was a good mix. You know, you had a manager that that knew how to sort of get a squad together uh, of of the right mixture. Um, so yeah, we had that a lot of youthful exuberance, um, and, and the one thing that we always had at Ox- Oxford, and, and I'd, I'd have to sort of give Jake that was we had a very good social part of it. I'm not saying we was out every weekend, getting, but when when we was together, it was good. And Jake always made sure that you know we had days together. So I always had that Oxford and that squad. A lot of them had been together quite some time before, um, so that there was a very close group. Um, but they accepted everyone in. So it was unfortunate. I think if I remember rightly, Chris went the end of that season and, and Gary Waddock come in and uh, well, then had a, an injury and, and and it just sort of nothing wasn't anything to do with me that, that we didn't but you know it just sort of from when Chris went and obviously Mickey took over we still did well but Gary come in and it, and it just didn't really I think things were changing weren't they above us um, 
uh, and and it just didn't really. I think we finished just outside the playoffs, didn't we? So uh, that was a shame that it ended like that. Um, and the next season was it was a real. I know we'll go on to that next. Was a real strange one. I think we come into pre-season and, and Michael was there, or Gary was there one day, and and Michael was there the next. So that was that was strange. And then you, the challenge for that season was completely different. It was a it was a completely different mindset. You know, we we lost some big players, uh, and it was all about you know, I think we was bottom two for some start. You know, so it wasn't particularly nice. I mean, in the end, we finished nowhere near it because things just started to click. And obviously the season after that was, was the one that we all enjoyed the most. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, we all did, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when, when Chris Wilder left then, because it was January, I think, of, of that 2014, it would have been. Yeah. Right after a, a 1-0 win, I think, over Torquay, um, yeah. you were obviously still going well. I remember a fair bit of confusion after that game. Um, obviously, I wasn't working then, but I remember sort of being a fan of don't think I was there, but I remember listening on the radio and it, people, nobody really seemed to know what had happened. There was sort of some talk that he'd resigned, some talk that he hadn't. What was it like in the dressing room? The same, to be honest. We didn't really know. Obviously, there was, I think there was a few things floating around previous that there was a, unrest might be the wrong word, but I think something was going on. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it was just, wow, okay then, you know, and, and then, but with football, it happens, you batten down the hatches and you go again. You're still paid to, to do the job and you know in 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 a very emotive way we wanted to finish the job that we'd started uh and obviously that wasn't ideal with with chris leaving um at that time from a player's point of view or as I said when i say player's point of view i was playing uh, and, and we, were, we were doing okay so from my point of view but things happen upstairs or, or that wherever they happen i don't really know it works in football but yeah we didn't really know much more than, than anyone all we knew was this is the situation um Thank you very much, so to speak, and and, and we we go on. It's it's pretty cut cut cutthroat, but that is that is the job, you know. That is that is the world of football. And Mickey come in and, and held the reins um, and did it very well. I, I think we, if I remember rightly, we had five games. I think we won three or, or something like that, or maybe some more. And then Gary come in and 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 uh, it just didn't go that well for Gary. You know, we we didn't particularly start well. Uh, so said there was a couple of injuries to the side and, and unfortunately it just sort of, the only word I can use for the end of that season is it just petered out, which from the start that we had and where we were in January or December was was, was a shame. But there's, there's so many different factors in football that, that can happen really. Johnny, at the end of that season, um, James Constable departed the club. Um, obviously very sad. He just missed out on, on being the club's all-time goal scorer because he had goals taken away from the, uh, the a match that had happened a few years ago at Chester. I remember him doing a very emotional interview as he left. Uh, did, did did you, amongst the players, was it, did, did you have many conversations with him at the time? Yeah, obviously, I know, uh, you know, uh, James had had opportunities to leave before and, and, and go and, you know, he's Oxford through and through, you know, he, he loves the club and he, he did such a great job for the club. So, yeah, no, it was, as I said, it was a close-knit dressing room and, and, and James was very... Um, very sort of sociable, but sort of kept himself to himself in, in the dressing room as well. He's, he's a, it's a strange one, if that makes sense. But no, it, we all had conversations and it was a shame that he left. But I think obviously uh, he had to make the decision uh, or, or the club did it, whichever they did. Is it, again, that was another one that wasn't 100% clear to everyone from our point of view. But as I said, I'm always away with the fairies anyway, so stuff's not always clear to me. But no, it was a shame that he left. 
Because he scored unbelievable goals for the football club and he'd been an unbelievable servant. But as with football, the same with Chris, you, you, you dust yourself off, you go again and you look where the goals are going to come from. I mean, in the first part of the season after him, we didn't get many goals. So um, they didn't come straight away. It took a bit of time to replace his goal. But that, that's just football, you know, and uh, he was a really good character and, and, and sort of well-liked around the place. And, and obviously everyone loved him with his uh, super Bino, as they called him. I um I ma- managed to speak to Gary Waddock in pre-season. Um, I think it was just as he'd signed Danny Hilton. Um, yeah. But I think in the next week, I also then went and spoke to the guys that eventually took over at Sunderland. Um, yeah. Charlie um, and I can't remember the other guy. Oh, Stuart Donald, obviously, as well. There was obviously yeah. all sorts going on in the background that summer. And eventually we know... Uh, Michael Appleton came in as uh, as manager, as head coach with with Darren Eels and Mark Ashton. Uh, so 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 it's a big changes at the club that summer. Yeah, yeah, no, there was, and and it was sort of a, a huge turnaround and, and a quick turnaround. Uh, you know, it was sort of the, the back end of the previous season had finished, and and also we come in for pre season. I remember, um, I can't remember his name, the uh, old West Brom manager, the big Darren Moore was sort of walking around uh, one stage, and I was like, right, okay, what's he doing here and you know that the, the new team were there from from the uh upstairs team and, and that was all changing and and then Gary I remember we did a meeting and Gary was there spoke about what we was going to do and then literally I mean I can't remember off the top of my head if it was the next day but if it weren't the next day it was the one after that Michael was there um this is what I want to do this is this is the outlay of what I'm, I'm doing uh let's go and it was almost like right okay um, I can't remember how many players we got through it because I don't think we got a huge amount in. Obviously, I would imagine that the board, you know, were saying to must have had an idea what was going on. So we can get a huge amount of players in over the summer while Gary was there. Um, and obviously, Michael come in with, with he had to start the ground running. Uh, and it was all right. Okay, let's roll the sleeves up. Let's see what's going on here. There was a lot of unrest. You know, you never know when a new manager comes in. Um, if they're going to want you in the team, if there's going to be a lot of changes. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we sort of jumped in, just remember running around, pre-season running, thinking, right, one manager on the Monday and a different one on the Tuesday. I've never had that before. Uh, not a lot of it in that way, but, uh, you know, it was, it was certainly interesting. It was one that I won't forget. Yeah, and it was obviously a, a difficult start to the season as well, wasn't it? Um, new players through, like you say, changes upstairs, changes in the dugout, you know, and... Um, it was a strange one because I think I remember I would consider myself among the more sort of maybe positive glass half full people and felt at the time that you know the football was good that you know there was there was sort of the skeleton of, of what could be good there it just obviously wasn't clicking with everything going on was that kind of the case that you felt you know it was in the dressing room it was just about you couldn't get the results and yeah I, I, I'm I'm one that I hated in football that the strikers moan at the defenders for not keeping clean sheets and the defenders moan for the strikers not scoring. That, that was my one of my biggest pet peeves. But looking back at it now, we couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. We had, you know, we play, I think we were losing games 1-0, 2-1. You know, I don't ever remember us getting on, on too many occasions, you know, well and truly battered. Um, we just were missing that final touch, uh, which... It's such fine margins at, at, at the level that, that we was at and, and the level of football that there is. It's, it's not a huge amount of difference. Um, so it just felt like we had a, a little ingredient missing. But there was a feeling amongst a couple of the older players that we, we, wasn't, we just needed to get through a certain period 
obviously the, you could tell that the club had plans of where they wanted to go. You know, you, with Michael's pedigree and where he'd been through, you know, he, he wasn't going to come into a job where there wasn't assurances that he could strengthen. He obviously had people in mind. Um, so we we knew that there was something going on, but we just needed to get through a certain period where the older, you know, Michael probably lent on the older players. So obviously myself and Jake at, at quite a bit um, to, to, to get people through certain games. Uh, and it worked to a sense, as I said, I mean, the thing is, I think Ruth coming in, Ruth coming in January, um, and Michael set out, it was the first time he ever did. We went to Bisham Abbey uh, for a training camp and he set out um, a, how can I put it, uh, what, what we worked to. So it was so many points in so many games and, and, and we had targets for each month. So, you know, if there was four games in a month, we targeted nine points, for instance. It was a, a scenario or, or a platform that we followed in the promotion winning season. But when he came in, we started that. I can't remember when we started it, but we had 15 games left when we started. And I think on form, we finished that um, in promotion winning form on the back end of the 15 game. And I think starting it then really give us the, the impotence to know that, right, th this has worked. You know, we, we didn't look at it as, right, we have to be here in January. We have to beat that team. We looked at it in blocks of games and we need nine points from that block to game. If you do that, come the end of the season, you'll be promoted. Um, so we started it at Bisham Abbey and we got the exact points that we needed. And then all of a sudden, over the summer, you could see there were bigger players coming in. You could see there were bigger plans. You could see that there was a, a, a plan of where we was going. And, and maybe from the outside, we wasn't fancied because of how we finished, well, not how we finished, how the, the table finished. But internally, there was a real feeling of, right, this is it. You know, my, my, Michael didn't muck about, very serious. This is what I want. Uh, the players were all on board. There were bigger players mentioned, you know, uh, and, and, and that was that's when the fun started. Uh, that's when it really started kicking in, just for that back of the season to give us the belief that, you know, we could do it. And if we listen to it, and, and I think when you when a manager says something and, and it works, the players all of a sudden think, right, okay, that, that, that's okay. We, we jump on board with that. As much as I want to get onto the good times, and uh, <laughs> I really do, because that 2015-16 season is, is my favourite following Oxford by a mile. Um, I have to I have to ask about that Cambridge game at the start of uh, Michael Appleton's tenure. It was not a pretty one, let's say, and it, it started so well. Danny Hilton, I think, uh, gave gave Oxford the lead. Afterwards, I remember um, Michael Appleton doing an interview a few months ago, and he said he spoke about that game and about just you know how it felt being in the dressing room afterwards. Was it was it a real low point for you in terms of that season? Yeah, when you first said Cambridge, I'd blocked that out of my mind before. I genuinely had. Um, I think I did a, an interview at the end of that season or maybe at the end of the promotion winning season where I, I I could be wrong with the time, but I think we lost to Cambridge and I think we went to Bisham Abbey the week after or or, or, or a week after that. Now, I mean, you, you, I'm, I'm not one for, you know, fate and all that stuff. I'm not, but that was the lowest point but also the point where it was like, right, okay, well, we can only go up now. The, the, you know, we can't, we, we, it was a real, real dark dressing room. There was a lot of words said, um, but sometimes with football, you have to reach them lows to, to come out to see the highs. Um, and it was, it was a horrible place. The game was horrible. There was, there was nothing about that. I didn't used to like going to Cambridge, to be honest. It was just, I don't know why it was a nice place, nice football ground, but I never used to particularly like it. Uh, 
so yeah, that's probably why. But yeah, no, there was a lot of words said, a lot of open words said. Um, Michael and Derek were, were were good in terms of right. You know, it wasn't. I know when people look at Michael Appleton, they always think that he was a ranter and a raver. Very opposite of that. You know, I know he had that demeanour, uh, but he was very calm. Obviously, when he had something to say, he said it. And you listen. There was no there was no mucking about with that. But there was a lot. It was it was chucked back to us. Um, I remember a similar stage. We got beat by Woking in the preseason game. And it was a very open, honest discussion. I remember saying, you know, I don't mind losing, but I don't want to get beat by a team when they work harder than us. So it was, it was, a, there was a lot of ownership with Michael. He gave it a leadership group, um, and he put a lot on the older players to to manage the dressing room. It hasn't always got to be him and Derek saying it. You know, if, if I said something, and I'm not just saying to me or Jake or Danny or Ru, it meant something. You know, it, it it wasn't just a dictatorship. It was a is a collective, um, and they they give you the freedom to say what you felt. Alex McDonald was a, a, a big character in the dressing room. You know, George was a big. You know, there was a lot of characters in there. Uh, so yeah, times like that not very nice, but uh, that they uh, they help in the long run. Well, they they helped. They don't always help. They helped. <laughs> we go into January um, twenty fifteen, uh, Johnny, and uh, it was a time when obviously Michael had decided. This is what I know what we need. He'd spoken to the board. He went and got Alex McDonald as a deadline signing on a permanent transfer. Joe Scars came in around about that time as well. And then a little bit later, he then got loans to the end of the season with the likes of Kemar Reef and George Bulldog joining as well. Danny Hilton was already having a good season. And you actually finished the that campaign on a real high, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. As I said, the players come in. Macker and, and Scars are really good characters. Um, you know. I get they added to, to, to an already sort of uh, happy group, but they brought a real w- winning mentality with them. Um, you know, and Macro, I think, come from Burton. Uh, Scarzi, I think, has had more promotions than he's had hot dinners. So uh, he knows how to win a football match. Um, so that, they were great in terms of steadying the ship. And then the loanies come in. I mean, George Baldock uh, made me feel like I could play football without doing too much. Um, when I had Lundstrom in front of me and Jules Bullock to the right, Jake to the left of me, I felt like I could just saunter around and do what I needed to do because they made the rest so easy. Um, but yeah, when they come in and then Kamar come in and, and sort of didn't really start unbelievably well uh, in terms of what you could see his quality, but then one, once he started, uh, you could just see that there was there was, there was was something special there. And, and as you said, we finished that season strongly. We, we, we worked on the concept that, that we had in terms of the, the targets for games. And then once we seen that worked as players, we, we were all sort of, you know, chomping at the bit to get the, the next season going. Uh, but there was, a, there was a, a lot of rumours, like when I was at Rotherham, that big players were coming in, you know, that no one was particularly safe with their position. You know, we were, you could see that the club were going in a different direction, which was exactly what you wanted. There was no comfort. Uh, you know, at times when, when I was there, you knew you were playing. Um, and, and I don't always think that, well, I don't think that's always good. You know, you, you need that sort of competition for place to be on the edge. And then that was something Michael was keen to bring. And we had in abundance in, in that promotion winning season. And the timing really in the summer um, then of uh, getting Kemar Reef on a, a permanent deal pretty quickly. Uh, Liam Serkham joined from Exeter. Uh, Ryan Taylor signed. Uh, who'd been experienced at that level as well. George Baldock had been announced as coming back on loan. And then you go to Austria on yeah. a pre-season tour, which quite frankly has gone down in five. Yeah, I, I, listen, 
we I remember us going, I was thinking, right, we're off. Great, you know, nice. I think we'd I don't think we'd been one on the season before, or uh, and you just thought, right, we're going to Austria. There might be, I don't know, 10, 15 Octatans over there. You know, it was a strange, straight. You wouldn't imagine. I remember us walking out for, for the first game that we had, and it was just like this huge crowd singing. I remember all the players looking at each other, thinking, I won't sweat. What's going on here? And the noise was going on. Then obviously, I remember the game, which was a bit of a blur because you could just hear the Oxford fans. Um, see, we all celebrated together and then it carried on into the evening, which, 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 which was special. Um, but I think that was when my whole time at Oxford, there'd never been that. There'd never been the real connection between the players and the fans. Uh, obviously, there was there was no issues between the players and the fans, but to have that real connection, where you just felt like there's something building here. There's something special. We're all in this together. Remember, there was a few songs being sung in the bar. Um, but, you know, uh, I can say it now, I'm retired. You know, there was a lot of beers drunk uh, and we just carried on. And then obviously the tour carried on. And I think there was an open day a couple of days afterwards. That camp, particularly was was good for the football, but good for the social side as well. And, and the connection, I think it was a big barbecue on a lake, which which was, again, a real connection between the, flight, the fans and the players, which was something that I know Michael and, and John T, um, who was behind the scenes and Mark, were very keen to build, which was obviously something that had been missing before. You know, the players used to come in, play the game and go off. There was no... Obviously, you get the the mascots and the, and the, and the people close to the ground that, that, would, that would see the players, but... You know, Michael made a stop sign it. You know, it wasn't a, a big time thing that we didn't, but it was just something that was never really pushed upon us. But Michael and John T made us uh, more personable to everyone, I guess. And and I think it worked. Well, that um, that feel good atmosphere absolutely carried on. And you know, what a way to do it. I think first first game of the season was a draw against Crawley, but then three days later go to Brentford in the in the League Cup and just absolutely blow them away. I think it was three goals early on. You you on the score sheet as well. Kemal Roof scoring from, what, 40, 50 yards or whatever that was. I mean, that if any, there was a night that said, this this is a team that could do something this season. That was it, wasn't it? Yeah, you just looked around everywhere and you was like, right, okay. Yeah, this this is a side now. I remember the Crawley game. I, I was actually injured, come on at half-time. And I think we, we should have battered them. But I guess them first games of the season, you know, it's roasting up. You take your point, you move on. Rufy's goal at Brentford is, is something that, that I, I won't forget. I mean, I think there's a picture of me somewhere with my face. I'm just in pure and utter shock. Um, I, I hadn't played with a player professionally that could do that and, and had the confidence to do it. But we went there and, and, and we obviously had a game plan, but we just, we was just a different, different animal that season. You know, we had strength, power. Everyone was given a, a programme over the, the summer, which we always were, but it was different. You were coming back and you, you, you just knew that first day of pre-season there's no gelling in there's no bedding in we're here to go you you mentioned the calibre of the players that we'd signed George Bulldog Kamar Roof Ryan Ryan Taylor Liam Serkin who's an unbelievable football player you see them and you're like right we're we're here to go and that Brentford game just absolutely steamrolled them and then from there they just the momentum kicked on and and it just kept going and as I said we had this this target in place and I, and I don't want to keep going on about it, but every five games, it was nine points or, or, or 10 points this month. You hit that target. There's a, there's a, there's an incentive. So I remember we lost to Barnet at home one nil and, and in seasons before or two, and I can't remember it was, it was, it was a bad loss, but times before it had been, that's a bad loss, you know, but in the scheme of the month, we'd already hit our target. So let's relax, re, regroup and we go again. And that's exactly how we did it. Might not work for everyone, um, 
but it did. Michael had a big thing about um, the All Blacks. We, you know, when, when we went, everyone had to clean the changing room. If you're not on the island, you're not in the island. There was a real us against the world. Um, there's there's a book, and I can't remember what it's called, uh, but he made us all buy into it. Monthly meetings, players taking ownership of the meetings. So it wasn't always Michael stood up there talking about it. I would be saying something. What was good? What was bad? Uh, but as I said, when you've got players around you, and then the one thing for me that really I can't remember what time John signed John Lundstrom, but when he came in that day, he and got fit, took us to another level. I mean, he, he's passing range. Him and Liam Serkin in the midfield with Macca on the right, and uh, I can't remember who even played. Maybe Roof on the left. You know, that, that that's not a League Two uh, midfield lineup by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and and then he just. As I said, we just was just physically stronger than teams. Um, I know Northampton won the league. I think they won the league like a League Two team won the league. We were a better team than that. Uh, but they they was top of the table, so I'm not getting into that. <laughs> we we had Kelvin Thomas on. He's obviously involved in Northampton, and we managed to sort of get embroiled in that little uh, Northampton v Oxford argument. So yeah, we won't go back there. Um, <laughs> like you say, um, you know, it, it just kind of sort of was just a real sort of upward curve for, for the start of that season. And I think there was a chant going around at the time saying we're going to win all three, um, talking <laughs> about being in, in both cups as well. And yeah. and to start in the in the JPT uh was a win over Swindon. I I that was I mean would have been a first uh, experience of a an Oxford Swindon derby for you. Um you know what what were your thoughts on that really? Yeah, I mean, JPT, I mean, I was obviously getting slightly older by then. Uh, so JPT early round games, you'd normally get, I have to be honest, I've played all the games that season, you'd normally get a little breather, you know, and it's not something that you ever wanted, but that was sort of the way it was, you know, I think you could only make so many changes and obviously because I wasn't very quick or, or fast or, or, or agile, I used to be one that got the change. So when it come around, the week was different. And then you walked out for the warm up, and it was just, yeah, like we're here. And it was just an unbelievable experience. But they put a strong team out, had strong players. But again, anyone we come up against, we just had a deep confidence that we were better than them. Um, and even if we wasn't better than them, Michael would set us up in a way where he's very good with a deep block attacking. We had, you know, we, we'd set us up in a deep block. Obviously, me and Jake uh, couldn't stand on the halfway line and, and, and chase these strict, quick strikers back. Go deep. We had real pace, quality and, and, and uh, effectiveness on the break and it would work. So we just never felt like we was out of any game. We never felt like we wasn't good enough to beat any team. Uh, and that's when I remember them got a man sent off and then we just went and absolutely, you know, I think it was it 2-0, was it? or two? It, it could have been four or five. It was, uh, I just remember walking around the pitch, smiling for the rest of the game. Was like, yeah, this is this is nice, you know, the Olays from the crowd, um, plenty of singing. Um, I just wish I would have played at one of their ones at their places and, and beat them one of their, but uh, I'll take the memory I have and enjoy it. I think Macca endeared himself to the uh, Oxford fans in that game by uh, winding uh, one of their players up near the end. I can't remember exactly what it was now, but he certainly it certainly helped his cause. That season, though, Johnny, I remember just watching us and thinking, you know, it didn't matter if we were 2-0 down with five minutes to go as we went to Luton and got a two-all draw from absolutely nothing there. We weren't great that day. But no. there were just there were so many other occasions during that season, Notts County away. You yeah. know, that, that was a, that seemed like a turning point at that stage as well, where yeah. the team just had so much belief, but it wasn't just because they were cocky or anything like that. Genuinely superb players who have gone on, let's not forget, two of them to go and play in 
the Premier League in John Lundstrom and George Baldock and another one in well, and Lundstrom as well at the Europa League final and Kemal Roof doing that. It's unbelievable. Yeah, no, as I say, you, so many times where people say, well, you know, you, you, for me personally, just blessed to play with them, you know, to have that to that. But but they, they were they were good people, good characters, and 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 as you said before, looting away where you know we, we were dead and buried, we were poor, you know, all of a sudden. We get a goal and let's go again. Knotts County away, Callum O'Dell, you know, when he come into prominence within that season as well and grew from a, a boy to a man. There wasn't anything that that team didn't particularly possess. You know, if if, if there were certain games where, you know, they had a huge centre forward and Jake was injured or I was in, we had Shay Dunkley who again has gone on to, to, you know, to play in the championship. We, we just had, we had everything really. Um, and and it just felt that way. You never felt like you was out of a game. You went into every game knowing that we had players. Chris Maguire come in, didn't he? He was an unbelievable talent. You know, it was just it was just talent all over the place. Training some sometimes training games were, were, were unbelievable. You just the quality of it was was second to none. And obviously the tackles flew around. There was no there was nothing sort of given or taken. But we just had a quality team with with a good a good group, and you could just feel you could just feel it building. You know. I, it's easy to say, but I don't think there was ever any doubt that that season we would have, we was getting promoted. We just had too much in the locker for other teams. Um, the only thing it would just be nice to have done it a little bit more comfortably than, than we did. But we wanted to give you fans a little scare going into the last game of the season. <laughs> it um it was the the the, the you mentioned Shay Dunkley there. It was the season that he really emerged as a as a as a player. Um, yeah. obviously in the formation, there was only going to be room for two centre-backs. And it seemed from memory that there was a, a fair amount of shared game time in the end, because I think all, in certainly yourself and Jake had had various injuries at, at certain times. And, and obviously the it, it did work out, obviously, for the best in the end. But what was that like at the time? Because you'd had a couple of years where you were definitely number one choice, but you, you had this emerging talent in Shea Dunkley. Yeah, but when Shea first come in... Yeah, he had that rawness about him um, that you could just see that he's he's a, he loved to defend Shay. Did you know Shay would sort of just headbutt anything? Like you know, he just he was just a man mountain. So as he come in and, and he, he he improved and involved, Jake had a, a, a big. I think me and Jake started the season and started well, and then Jake picked up an unfortunate injury. So it was me and Shay for quite a long time. Um, I think I played I don't know fifty two games that season, um, and I remember. I think we had Newport away um, and I played in the game before. Uh, I think it was Luton at home or, or somewhere. And, and I was poor. Um, I wasn't 100% fit. Uh, but Michael pulled me aside and said, look, I'm playing Jake and Shay. You, you just, you're not fit and you, you, you've probably played too many games this in, in all honesty. And, and it wasn't like he was dropping me for, or, or for anyone that, you know, Shay had excelled that season. And they played the last three games of the season. We won, got promoted, lovely, perfect. So it was a real good mixture between the three of us. As I said, me and Jake were, were, were maybe quite similar in what we did. We, we wasn't the biggest. We both liked to play out from the back, etc. I know I'm saying that and you're probably thinking, I've never seen Johnny pass the ball, but I did try to. Um, but Shay was completely different and he brought another dimension to the team. You wouldn't bully Oxford with Shay in the team. I mean, it wasn't something, you know, maybe something that you could level at me and Jake was if a big, centre forward was playing he could maybe physically you know it, I know there's plenty of ways to skin a cat and we try other ways but you wouldn't dominate Oxford with Shea in the team um, so I think the three of us bounced off each other quite well and brought the best in each other 
all of us out of it. So, and for him to get that header at Wickham, I mean, I travelled in every day with Shay for 18 months, two years. I, I couldn't have been more pleased for anyone to score. He deserved that more than anyone. Got towards the end of that season and and you obviously had the cup run, Swansea game um, was unbelievable. You know, what a day that was beating a team in the Premier League. Um, I'll ask for a quick one on that. But then uh, before, but then after that, I also want to speak about Wembley because, uh, you know, you had the honour of being of captaining a side at Wembley. So uh, two, well, really memorable days for different reasons. Yeah, two that I'll never forget, to be honest. Um, Oxford, uh, Barnsley in that cup final to, to be captain, to, to be able to lead. I didn't, we played Cambridge away the week before and I come off after 30 minutes. Um, I had an injury. Uh, so I, I thought that was it. I was done. Uh, we went to Bisham Abbey again, but it, it wasn't only me. I think there was three or four players that were, were sort of touch and go for the game. Um, Michael decided that it was going to be me and Shay on the day and I'd be captain. Obviously, that was difficult because Jake was there. He was the, he was the club captain. So, you know, we only found out the night before. Um, but on a personal level, I, you know, to, to walk out for that moment in front of that many fans and playing a game like that, is, it was an unbelievable achievement. Uh, tinged with the element of disappointment that, that we that we lost um and everyone i say that to people and even now i don't know how many years i've been retired they say yeah and i say well i did enjoy it but i couldn't enjoy it as well as i should have and people always say to me well you should do and and, and I, I get their point of view you know i have to mark that off i've played there in captain there, but we didn't win so I, <laughs> we had the opportunity to win we was in a good position um but ultimately barnsley were a good side and and uh mr hamill scored a a nice guy, you know, he was the difference, I would say, on the day. Uh, but I, I know this is probably, I've never said it out loud, but I think if that's at home and we're in that position, I think we, we win that game or even win away in a, in a, in a, in a, maybe the occasion got to us a, a tad. I don't know because it was, it was uncharacteristic of that Oxford team that year to lose the game in that, in that fashion. You know, we, we, we but it happened, but enjoyed the day. Uh, but Swansea was, was one that I, every time I speak about, I, I actually made a block in that game right towards the end and I celebrated it like it was a goal. Not outside, but I'll still every now and then when I'm feeling the stage, it will go back and, and watch it. Uh, you know, uh, I remember coming home that day and my wife just sort of, I was just sat on the sofa just looking at my phone, just scrolling through pictures and pictures and pictures. And someone sent me a thing recently, I think it was on BBC, that it was one of the top five biggest um, uh and, you know, biggest, biggest surprises in the league, which in the FA Cup, which is, to be involved in that was unbelievable. But again, that day, we had no fear. You know, we had their winger, Montana, George Baldock. I know he scored, had him in his pocket. You know, John Joe Shelby against John Lundstrom. You know, it, was, it, it, it wasn't like we was way out of our depth. Um, and, and it was just a special day. Uh and one that I wish that I could could bottle up and and you know when I when my kids are moaning at me for something that I could sort of you know just open the bottle up and feel them feelings again. But um, we had a real belief that that you know we was going to beat them. And as the game went on, it only grew. Obviously, they had quality and picked us apart. But uh, Rufi's goal on the break where he headed it out of our box—that's uh, just ridiculous. But great day, great times, and a good celebration after. Uh, yeah, and incredible scenes there. Um, you speak about that belief. As, as the sort of end of the season got closer, um, you're obviously right in the mix, but I think there was a, a home defeat to Luton, um, a draw at Newport, went into the final three games, you know, and it, and so it proved needing to win all three to go up automatically. Was there ever any doubt in that dressing room that you were going to do it? 
To be quite frank, uh, there probably was at the time, but I can't remember too much. Um, we we had that. I, I remember one game I was quite uh, nervous about was the Crawley away game. We just lost um, at Wembley. Uh, Wembley to Crawley, slightly different. No, you know, no disrespect to Crawley, but I, I don't go there unless I have to. Um, but uh, I remember going and thinking this could be a real tough game. This, you know, we're coming off the, you know, one we've lost to the occasion was huge. I think we went there and Danny Hilton was doing Danny Hilton antics all day. And I, I don't know if we won 5-1 or 5-0. I just thought that that to me was one day where I thought we had it. And then I know the games that, you, that you're referencing to Luton away, Luton at home where I think I had my boots on the wrong the wrong feet that day. Uh, wasn't great. But yeah, no, every, everything was kept calm. We knew what we had to do. And the players went out and, and executed it to perfection. Um, and to beat Wickham at home on the last game of the season, is, it's, not, it's not a bad way to finish it off to get promoted, that's for sure. You nearly... Um... Did it the week before you actually did it at Carlisle. Over yeah. two thousand Oxford fans made the the, the long trip up there. Uh, um, unbelievable scenes when um, when Liam Circum scored the second goal. Yeah, uh, but obviously Bristol Rovers were on a fantastic run themselves as well, and they just would not let go. Uh, no. And obviously Accrington were there or thereabouts as well, so it had to go to the last game of the season. But that trip to Carlisle. There was a chance, it was an outside chance that we could have gone up that day. Yeah, no, Carlisle Way was a, a strange one. Obviously, I was injured at the time and, and um, I remember saying to Michael in the week, Gaffer, we win. You know what I mean? I want to be on that bus on the way back and I, and I was no chance of playing. So I, I, I can't remember why I had an injury, probably my toenail or something, knowing me. Um, but, um, you know, in really, it wasn't going to happen. But I was, so, so I was, I was back, I, I sort of was in with the physio in the morning and I'd made plans that if we had, I was going to meet the coach on, on the way back, and I was, which was great. And I remember, I think my wife said to me, I was in the house back from training, like, we've got to go out, we've got to do something because you're really getting on my nerves. So I'm not going anywhere. So as normal, the boss is the boss. So I remember, took me out, we went for like a five guys or something, and I was sat there just watching the scores coming in. And at one thing, I'm thinking, oh, here we go. Like, you know, Jode, I'm off. I'm just going to have to get a train somewhere. But Bristol Rovers... As, men, as much as it was great to have 2,000 people in Carlisle and it would have been a great celebration to to do it on the last game of the season against Wickham in front of our home fans when, when everyone was there and everyone was together. It was a special day uh, and, a, and I guess fitting. Um, it probably shouldn't have gone down to the last game of the season, in all honesty, with the squad and the team and, and, and the results that we had. But it did and, and it was a nice way to finish. Funny old day that as well, wasn't it? Absolutely peed down um, in the first half. The heavens opened yeah. up massive crowd as you say Wickham would have loved nothing more than to spoil that for us genuinely yeah. they were gutted that they could and the likes of Ainsworth and Akin Fenwa um, but um, and uh, the most important thing I think was making sure that even though we didn't play great in the first half make sure it was nil-nil and then we can have a real go at them at half to, uh, in the second half yeah, as I said, when you said about doubt, you knew going into any game in Leeds was never going to be easy. But when you see you've got Wickham and, you know, you know that there's nothing to play for, but they put their strongest team out. And, and don't get me wrong, if it was the other way around, it would have been exactly the same. We, we would have done that. Um, that, that, that. You know, like that's, but for them to, to really, you know, they, they were properly up for it. And, and you wouldn't ask for anything less because if you're going to do it, you want to do it properly. Uh so there was a lot of needle going on between the benches, which which was, was great. And as you said, we got in at, at half time, you know, and then the second half, the, the floodgates opened. Not not the rain, but the uh, the goals. Uh, you know, Callum's goal, Shay's goal. It was just it was just a, a special day. And I would say the next, I don't know, maybe two weeks was, was probably a blur. You know, we, we celebrated together and went to Ibiza. Um, 
Uh, and and it was just a, a special time with, with special people. The awards night. I mean, I've seen pictures of me. I, I look like I'm not owned. Uh, but you know, uh, too many beers and too much fun. But it was great. It was a great time. Yeah, I mean, everyone, everyone who was around that time at, around the club, yeah, has nothing but fond memories. Um, it was only a few weeks later, though. You mentioned the two weeks after. I think the retain list was announced about a fortnight after the Wiccan game, and, and obviously uh, they were saying that you know you were you were going to leave the club at the end of your contract. Was that how much of a surprise to you? Obviously, you would have known before it was announced. Yeah, no. So I mean, I only knew a couple of days before. Yeah, there's not many things that that. Uh, that, that surprised me, uh, but that that was one that it, it, I was gutted, to be honest. Um, but looking at it from a looking at the players that come in after me and, and where the club football went, uh, the football club went, yeah. But yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm I was with my wife. I think we went to. I had to come down to meet Mike, and I, I actually genuinely believed that I would get another year or two. Um, conversations that we'd had through the looking back now, I guess it would have been done prior to the stage that it got to. You know, like with a little bit more experience and know how I probably should have, as as, as my dad said to me, you, you probably should have seen that one coming. But when I was in that bubble, it, you couldn't really say much to me. I didn't listen very often to people outside of it. Uh, so I probably should have seen that one coming for it to get that late and not know. But yeah, it it, it hit me like a like a, like a, like a bolt, obviously because of the the relationships I had with people and and the football club. But that that's football, as I said, and where the where the football club went and 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 has gone. Uh, you know, you 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 can't you can't say it was the wrong decision because it, it definitely wasn't, but it was one that, that I wasn't too fond of. <laughs> and obviously, you went on, and I think it was a you know it was a shock to a, a lot of fans as well. But um, you know, you went on, and and I think with with Danny Hilton as well, straight to Luton after that, and yeah, um, you know, obviously did did all right in the same division. Did you ever look at it and think, you know, I could have still done a job at Oxford, you know, next season? Definitely, I, I I did I did definitely yeah I, I I didn't I think I had more to more to give I, I played as I said fifty two games and, and had been captain and, and and I hadn't let anyone down and had been part of it but ultimately I think Shay and, and Curtis Nelson come in and I know Jake left afterwards um, or, or I think he left within the pre season of, of that one if, if I'm not mistaken so there was a change of the guard football clubs can't stand still they have to keep moving and, and keep evolving so I do think that obviously I went with my my sidekick, Super Danny, um, as they call him. And we went to Luton and we had success there. So, yes, I feel like there was more to give, but there's no begrudging or, or grudges held towards anyone. It's a football I've seen, Michael, since then. It, it was a football decision. Um, and at the time, the emotions are there, but in, in the cold light of day, it's just part and parcel of the job we do. Um, you know, I've been welcomed back since with, with open arms and I'll, I'll thank the people for that. And um, I'm sure I'll be back soon if, if they'll have me again. And we'll just say it's a nice place to end, but we'll uh, we'll end with uh, basically what you're doing now because you were at Luton a couple of years. I think you had a spell at Cheltenham. Um, you know, in these days in football terms, you're you're not you're not too old in terms of a football career. So, so what's Johnny Mullins doing now? Yeah, so I, I packed in. So obviously, I did two years at Luton. Um, got promoted, got rid of me again. So it was a bit of a bit of a bit of a trend going on there. So which I'm not happy about. Uh, it's telling me something that I don't want to say out loud. Um, then I went to Cheltenham um, under Gary Johnson, which which is which is close to me, um, like geographically wise. Um, we didn't start particularly well, but I started okay, if, if that in in a, in a weird way. Uh, and then Michael Duff come in, who if I would have had Manobel uh, an Oxford age or, or Rotherham age, then I think would have worked quite well together with. Um, 
he come in and, and it was uh, I was 33 then it was slightly playing a higher line playing a different way um, and I just didn't really fit the ethos um, my ankles weren't particularly great I was I was sort of you know I was just sort of running down the clock really uh, my dad always said sometimes after I left Oxford the, he, he thought sometimes he looked like a bit of the fire had gone out of me which I was not happy with him when he says it, but I can't, I can't, he watched me and he knows obviously at Luton we got promoted. I was involved in that, but I didn't play as many games as I wanted to. So I can't really, really argue with him too much on that one. Um, but yeah, towards the end of it, I'd considered maybe dropping down the league, playing in non-league, playing part-time, but I, I'd run my race. Um, I wanted to end on my terms, finish the way that, you know, that, that I, I was happy to finish with. Um, Obviously, I play every now and then on a Tuesday and, and I embarrass myself there because I think people would look at me and think I'm an ex-professional. I can put it in the top corner, but I've never done that in my career. But uh, nowadays, I, I work in, in it with a, it's a very strange role. I'm a, a segment manager for Babywear. So it's, it's a German-based company. Um, we're, we're involved in the accessories for clothing. So um, sort of working with countries like India, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka. So it couldn't be any further from football. Uh, more of a corporate role, um, but quite lucky my mum always ensured my education was was paramount um i did a journalism degree whilst i was playing um so coaching was something that never really appealed to me but you know you never know in three or four years time i could be coaching somewhere so you have to take that with a pinch of salt but i doubt it um it's quite a small world and i fell into this and you know it's it's a job that i enjoy uh but Talking about football, speaking with football people is always my, one of my favourite things to do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a different role. Um, I won't call it a Del Boy role because it's a little bit more corporate than that. And uh, But uh, it, it's an enjoyable thing that I do. Um, but uh, still not the same as kicking a bag of air around. No, but it's been great to uh, hear about your memories of that and especially the time at Oxford. So uh, yeah, Johnny Mullins, thank you so much for joining us. No, th- thank you for having me. It's been, a, it's been a real joy to speak to you both. And uh, I hope that Oxford can... Go one better this season and get promoted. It was a nice win last night, and I'm sure there's a I see, is it another five or six players coming through the door. Is there? Is that? Was that? Is that the comment I heard? Yeah, I'd like to think so. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to think so. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Behind the Badge. Stay across our social media platforms for our next podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at behind the underscore badge. Or if you want to email us, it's behindthebadge1893 at gmail.com.